This is chapter 42, verse 15. To this then go on inviting and be steadfast as you have been commanded and follow not their low desires and say I believe in what Allah has revealed of the book and I am commanded to do justice between you. Allah is our Lord and your Lord. For us are our deeds and for you your deeds. There is no contention between us and you. Allah will gather us together and to him is the eventual coming. The next is Wallazina Saba Wallazina Saba Rubtiha Awajihi Rabbihim Wa Aqamu Salata Wa Anfaqu Mimma Razaknahum Sirram Wa Ala Niyatam Wa Yadra Unal Bil Sorry Yadra Una Bil Hasanatis Sayyi Sayyata ulaika lahum uq baddar This is chapter 13 verse 22 And those who are steadfast seeking the pleasure of their Lord and keep up prayer and spend of that which we have given them secretly and openly and repel evil with good for such is the happy issue of abode I have recited these verses to draw your attention to something that has been happening since the time of Hazrat Masihim but last week or this week rather two important things happened in this regard. You see here God tells us our job is to keep on inviting people towards what is the truth and what is the right thing and be steadfast in doing it. It may not convince people in one day or one week or one month and in some cases I've seen, as we've seen it's taken over a hundred years to convince our brothers that our interpretation of the Holy Quran is the correct one. And it actually started at the time of Hazrat Masih That was a time of birth of technology at his time or just before when new things were being invented all the time. You had the railways, you had photography, you had x-rays, you have recording of sound and so on and the list is endless. Every time something was invented, a debate would start amongst the Muslims. Is this allowable or not? 
اس دیس حلال اور حرام اس دیس اسلامک اور ان اسلامک اینڈ یو ہیڈ دس گریٹ ڈبیٹ اباؤٹ فوٹوگرافی وچ ٹو سم ڈگری اسٹل کیریز آن اباؤٹ ودر اٹس حلال اور حرام اینڈ آئی ہیو سرکولیٹڈ این آرٹیکل ان دی ڈیلی بلاگ دیٹ آئی ڈو وچ واز ریٹن بائی دا ہیڈ آف آئی تھنک ہسٹری ڈپارٹمنٹ ایٹ دی یونیورسٹی آف میچیگن وچ شوز دیٹ اٹس نیور بین کلیئر کٹ دیٹ فوٹوگرافی از ایکچولی ان لوفل ان اسلام پر حضرت صاحب گیو اے ویری سمپل پرنسپل ہی سیڈ لک ایٹ دا یوز آف سم تھنگ اے تھنگ ان اٹ سیلف کین ناٹ بی حلال اور حرام اٹس واٹ یو ڈو ود اٹ دیٹ میکس اٹ حلال اور حرام اینڈ ہی دین ونٹ آن ٹو سی ویل فوٹوگرافی آئی ہرڈ دیٹ یو ڈو تھنگس لائک یو فوٹوگراف بونس اف اے بون از بروکن ٹو سی ہاؤ بیسٹ ٹو سیٹ اٹ اوبیسلی ہی ہیڈ ہرڈ اباؤٹ ایکس ریز بٹ پر ہیپس ڈن نو دا نیم ایکس رے ہی ہیڈ دس انفارمیشن وچ از امیزنگ بیکاز ایکس ریز ہیڈ جسٹ بین ڈسکورڈ اے فیو ایئرز بفور ہی ہی روڈ دس سو ہی مسٹ ہیو بین ویری اپ ٹو ڈیٹ ناٹ اونلی ود از ریلیجیس نالج بٹ آلسو ود از سیکولر نالج آف سائنسز اینڈ ڈیولپمنٹس اینڈ ہاؤ دے امپیکٹ اسلام اینڈ انادر تھنگ اگین وچ از کوائٹ اسٹانشنگ ہی سیڈ آئی آئی آلسو لرنڈ دیٹ دے یوز فوٹوگرافی فار کلاسیفیکیشن آف دا اسپیشیز آئی مین ہی ڈنٹ یوز دوز ورڈس بٹ ہی گیو این ایکسپلینیشن اینڈ وی نو دوز آف یو ہیو ڈن بایولوجی ایٹ جی سی ایس سی ایٹسیٹرا دیٹ یو ہیو ٹو ریڈ دیر از اے ہول ٹاپک یو ہیو ٹو ریڈ اباؤٹ کلاسیفیکیشن آف اسپیشیز اینڈ کنگڈمس اینڈ دس اینڈ دیٹ اینڈ سو آن ایونچولی یو کم ڈاؤن اٹس لائک اے ہائی راکی چارٹ گرینڈ فادر فادر سن کائنڈ آف تھنگ اینڈ ہی سیڈ ویل بائی یوزنگ فوٹوگرافی نالج ڈیولپس سو آئی کانٹ سی ہاؤ اسلام کین فربڈ اینی تھنگ دیٹ ہیلپس نالج ٹو ڈیولپ دا سیم تھنگ ود ساؤنڈ دیر واز اے گریٹ بگ ڈبیٹ اباؤٹ آر لاؤڈ اسپیکرز حلال اور حرام ادے الاؤڈ اور اور ناٹ الاؤڈ ویل ون حضر صاحب ہرڈ دیٹ ساؤنڈ کوڈ بی ریکارڈیڈ ہی ون ٹو گریٹ ٹربل to uh, get someone to bring one of these recording instruments to Kadeyan and uh, he wrote a special poem for it which was reco- recorded on uh, um, a cylinder. As you know in those days these cylinders were made of wax and so I suppose in the heat of India uh, it got spoiled and of course there was no means of uh, preserving those things. Um, and uh, the same thing applied to Western education. There was a great big debate, as you would know or you may not know, that uh, before the uh, appearance of Harasab, English had been declared haram. It was unlawful for a Muslim to learn English. It was unlawful for a Muslim to learn uh, Western sciences and physics and chemistry and so on. And uh, he had to learn Islamic 
what would call sciences, but they weren't actually science in the sense that we understand physics and chemistry to be. Now the interesting thing is, of course, that these so-called Islamic sciences weren't Islamic at all. They were based on old Greek textbooks of philosophy and logic and so on, which had been translated into Arabic. And because they were in Arabic, they somehow got the, uh, the status of being an Islamic science. And as Rasab said, there is nothing wrong in getting Western education, there is nothing wrong with getting any education, as long as you are properly educated about your own religion. And in fact, he had the foresight to see that what uh, Islam will be confronted by some years later would not be other religions like Christianity and Hinduism and so on, but it would be atheism. And he actually mentioned this uh, in one of his books, that what you have to be careful about is that people will be so impressed by the things that technology does and how it makes your life easy, that because generally these scientists would tend towards atheism, people would believe them. And we have examples galore of uh, uh, such scientists and people and so on, I'm, I'm not going to go into them. But what I'm saying to you is that Hazrat Saab steadfastly charted a course and he pursued it. The Quran says to this, go on inviting. And he kept on inviting people to these things. He gave examples. He had his own photograph taken and printed. He had group photographs taken and, 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 and printed, recording of sound. He opened a school and a college in Kadian, which started at Fajr time. So all the children, they went to Fajr prayers, they said their prayer. Then they would have a dars of the Holy Quran. Then they would go and get ready for school. And then they would have normal school, which was punctuated by the other prayers. And this is one way in which Hazrat Saab reformed Muslims. But of course, for years and years and years, all these reforms were rejected. Even now, sometimes, from uh, those countries where Muslims are in a majority, you get stuff about photography is haram and this is haram and that is haram, etc., uh, etc. Et but Hazrat Saab also made reforms or put forward better interpretations of Islamic law compared to the old jurists. And then after him, those who followed him, certainly in our Jamaat, the Lahore MDA movement, they continued on this path. People like Hazrat Maulana Muhammad Ali, for example. And all these years, all these years, these reforms were rejected. And you had a situation where a man could go home and his wife would have cooked him lentils 
instead of chicken curry and he would get upset and he would say divorce 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 and chuck her out of the house and she would be divorced and she would have no recourse to law or anything. I remember uh, Maulana Abdul Haq uh, telling me a story that he was sitting with some uh, non-Ahmadi Maulana and a man came and he was crying and he said, please Maulana do something. So this non-Ahmadi Maulana said, what's your problem? And he said, my wife and I, we had a row last night and I got angry and I said, divorce, divorce, divorce. And uh, then we went to bed and we slept and in the morning we regret what happened. Is there any way that we can reverse the situation? And the, uh, the man said, uh, no, she's divorced. She's not your wife anymore. And the man started crying even more saying, look, you know, we've got kids and this and that and so on. Can you find some way? And the man said, there is no way. And Molana Vidyarthi said that, uh, no, you're not divorced. It doesn't matter how many times you said it. You only did one divorce. And the point of this, telling you this, is that this was the Sunni view of position of women and rights of women. In those days, women didn't even have the right to ask for a divorce if they were unhappy with the husband. They had to somehow bribe their husband to give them a divorce. But Amdis of the Lahore Amdiya movement kept on trying to correct these erroneous ideas that had crept into Islam. We had an opportunity in 1962 when the Pakistan government wanted to reform what was called the family law and they brought in the family law ordinance 1962 and to this day it is called uh, uh, the Ahmadi law, the Marzai law, tauntingly by many Maulanas. And that was the first time that a requirement that had been a must in our Jamaat, that when a nikah takes place, it must be in writing. Ever since our Jamaat was created, all nikahs, all marriages were recorded. The marriage contract was agreed and it was signed by all the parties. None of the Sunnis did this. Further, if her husband wanted to uh, remarry, he just went out and got married again. Why? I don't know. I mean, I'd call uh, a person who wants to remarry a glutton for punishment, but there you are. There are some people who are gluttons for punishment. But anyway, he didn't even have to tell his first wife that he had remarried. He didn't have to tell his second wife that he was already married. And that was the first time that uh, under guidance of Mr. Nasir Ahmed Faruqi, 
the government said, no, this is incorrect. You have to have your first wife's permission before you can marry again. But you can see the time period, the gap there was between starting the reform work and it beginning to take shape in the form of concrete laws. But what happened last week is what I want to draw your attention to. All these years, a hundred years or so, the non-MD friends have been saying, if you say divorce, 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 that is it, the woman is divorced. And we've been saying, no, that is unjust and that is wrong. Oh, by the way, on this score, you will also note that was the first time that a proper legal procedure was set up under which a husband could divorce his wife or the wife could divorce the husband. When you made an application to the court and the judge listened to what you had to say and then made his decision. Before that, as I said, it was divorce, divorce, divorce and you were out of the door. So that was another reform that was enacted on behest of the MD and Humanishahat Islam or its members. But this thing about uh, divorcing someone three times and it becoming an effective divorce continued. But I was so pleased to read yesterday that there is now a recommendation before the government to actually make attempts by divorcing, to make such attempts to divorce a woman a punishable offence. There is something called uh, the, Islam, uh, the Council for Islamic Ideology in Pakistan and they have decided what we said 100 or 125 years ago that it is unlawful to say that a woman is divorced by simply saying divorce, divorce, divorce. And they've gone further, they've said anyone who attempts to divorce his wife in this manner should be treated as having committed some kind of an offence and punished. So sometimes people say, well, you know, you've been saying these things, you've been preaching these things and it's been a hundred years, so what have you achieved? Now, I want to draw your attention to what we have achieved. The thing about jihad I haven't mentioned because we've said so often that it was Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad who denounced the sort of jihad of the sword that you see going on in the world today. And if you read his book, The British Government and Jihad, you will see that it reads as if he is writing it with the current situation and events in mind including what happened at Charlie Hebdo. So that's Council for Islamic Ideology. One more thing I want to draw your attention to is this, that last year a judgment was given in a Pakistani court in a rape case where the only evidence available was DNA evidence 
and the judge rejected it, saying this is against the Sharia. This woman needs to produce four eyewitnesses to prove her case of rape. And uh, a khutbah was delivered from this masjid, which actually said that this decision is nonsense. According to Islam, DNA evidence is admissible in such cases in courts of law. And if I remember in that uh, uh, khutbah, we also differentiated and distinguished, as they say in legal circles, between rape and other types of uh, sexual intercourse, and showed that rape needed to be treated separately and in all such cases, DNA evidence is more conclusive than uh, uh, any other kind of evidence such as witness uh, statements and so on. And two days ago, the Pakistani parliament passed a law and approved the use of DNA evidence in such cases. So we can see that slowly and surely progress, the Muslim world is making progress towards our interpretation of Islam and the Holy Quran and the Sunnah and the, and the Hadith. But what we need to do is, as the Holy Quran says in the second verse that uh, uh, I recited, that we should remain steadfast, we shouldn't lose heart. Those of you who are steadfast seeking the pleasure of their Lord. But there are two other conditions. One is, and they keep up prayer and spend of that which we have given them. And they spend it secretly and openly and repel evil with good. I would suggest to misinterpret the Holy Quran to give the world a wrong view of its teaching and its image and the image of the Holy Prophet Muhammad is also evil. And we need to be steadfast in continuing to fight it, although we know that we are hemmed in on one side by critics of Islam and on the other side, surprisingly, by those people who claim to be actually followers and lovers of Islam. But it will take a long time. But we can see that these things are happening. So we should redouble our efforts rather than lose heart.